Well, good morning. I don't know about you, but I had an incredible Father's Day and a happy belated Father's Day for some of you that weren't with us last week. We had a, just a phenomenal service. We had a great time out on Main Street, great food, great music, great games and activity for the kids, great cars on Main Street. Matter of fact, a 2006 blue Chevy Corvette won the Dad's Car of the Year Award. Way to go, Chevy. As a matter of fact, three of the four awards were won by a Chevy. So it was a spectacular day last Father's Day, even if Miami Heat went on to lose that night. Hey, John left me one of his picks. I love it when he does that. Okay, um, and um, I got ADD. I get distracted real easy. So I kind of deal with all my distractions so I can focus on my, my, my message. That's why I'm here, right? Yes, okay. I'm not distracted one bit. Um, but it was, it, was, it was a great day, and it really was a fun day. And Miami went on to win. Heat fans, yep, wasn't it great? Six and seven, phenomenal week. What a great week for Father's Day. Isn't God good? I mean, he is just so good. And, uh, and the best thing of everything, really the best of all, is we were, uh, through Dad's Fest, we raised 20, uh, nearly $2,500 uh, for the Big Heart Brigade to help feed the less fortunate in Thanksgiving, you know? Isn't that cool? And uh, thanks to Pete and all of them, and a special word of thanks to all of you who help volunteer. Uh, uh, so many people in our church have such a servant heart, and while everybody was enjoying that day, you were serving. You were setting, face painting, uh, doing different things, so thank you so much for so many of you that uh, really helped out last week. We really do value and appreciate it. And last Sunday, we began this new series. It's a short series, just four weeks, called God on Film. And we've been trying to find meaning in the movies we love. And it might be a little challenging this morning to find meaning in the movies that we love, trying to find faith, trying to find God in Hollywood. And he's there. We can find his fingerprints, and I think we'll find them this morning. Now, as I shared last week, we are going to uh, be looking at one of my son's favorite movies of all time. I have to admit, I have a hard time watching it. I still do. Now, this movie, really, it has become a classic. Apparently, Philip knows great taste uh, when he sees it. Um, I mean, he picked Brittany, right? So, uh, great taste, great taste. And uh, many would say, and I'm quoting the experts, I'm, I'm being, uh, not joking here, I'm being for real. Uh, many would say that this film has become the most inspiring film of the last 20 years. I don't know what that says about us, but it's the most inspiring film of the last 20 years. And no doubt about it, in this film, you see Hollywood at its best. Back in 1994, it cost them, get this, $16 million to make that movie. Actors, everything, total cost, $16 million. It made $246 million. It grossed just at the box office. And uh, for those of you that are doing the math, that's about a 1,500% return on your money. That's why people invest in Hollywood. That's why they make movies. Isn't just to entertain us, it's to make money. And my grandfather, he came to live with us, grew up down in Miami, and as he got older, he came, I think he got mugged, and he finally moved down and he lived with us when we were growing up. And every single time, we'd be together as a family watching a great show on TV, and we'd be laughing, and he'd always turn and say, they're just doing it for the money. They're just doing it for the money. And, um, and that's kind of been just ingrained in my mind way back then. They're just doing it for the money. And we do need to keep that in mind. Um, they are just doing it for the money. Now, many would say, and it's not a few, many, many would say that this movie has shaped American pop culture like no other. 
And believe it or not, it has drastically and dramatically touched the lives of millions, including our own pastor, Chris Siggins. And, and the movie that I am talking about is Dumb and Dumber. Now, how many of you have seen this movie? Can I see your hands? Almost everybody in the church. I don't know what it says about our church. <laughs> how many of you have seen this movie more than once? Look at that. Multiple times. Look at that. Unbelievable. That is scary. I don't know what this says about me. Okay. Um, incredible movie, I guess. We've seen it over and over again. And I've seen it once. I'll never forget. It was July 4th, 2007. And I was viewing the movie. Everyone was talking about it, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. Um, and I, I got to admit, don't think less of me because I saw the movie, but it was... I laughed so hard, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. And the movie stars Jim Carey, and he is known as Christian or Lloyd. You've seen it, right? Lloyd Christmas, that's right. And he was a, a uh, limo driver that lost his job. And the other star was a guy by the name of Jeff Daniels. And his name was Harry, that's right. So we had Lloyd, he's got it down, man. We've got, I think he dressed like them today, okay. Um, so we had Lloyd and Harry, um, and, um, and, you know, Harry kind of lost his job as well. Matter of fact, let's just meet uh, Lloyd and Harry. Can we do that? Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. So where are you headed? Aspen. Mmm, California. Beautiful. <laughs> Name's Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. I'm Mary Swanson. This isn't my real job, you know. No? Nope. My friend Harry and I are saving up our money to open our own pet store. That's nice. I got worms. I beg your pardon? That's what we're going to call it. I got worms. We're going to specialize in selling worm farms. You know, like ant farms. What's the matter? A little tense about the flight? Something like that. There's really nothing to worry about, Mary. Statistically, they say you're more likely to get killed on the way to the airport. Uh, you know, like uh, in a head-on crash or flying off a cliff or getting trapped under a gas truck. That's the worst. Uh, I have this cousin. Well, I have this cousin. Could you keep your eyes on the road, please? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good thinking. Can't be too careful. A lot of bad drivers out there. And I stand by my performance. You know, on second thought, you might just want to run a comb through them. These places don't really do it for me. They just bring back a lot of memories. What <laughs> happened, Harry? Some little filly break your heart? No, it was a girl. Uh, Breda Belcher. Eh, we stayed in a place just like this. Wasn't as classy, but, you know, nice. Felcher? From Cranston? Yeah, you know her? <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> I mean, I remember you talking about her. We had the most incredibly romantic time. I thought we were going to be together forever. And then, oh, 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 
about a week later, right out of the blue, she sends me a John Deere letter. She give you any reason? Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. But the thing that hurt the most is I think she was seeing another guy. Never did find out who. Now, you're probably thinking, how can you find God in that? How can you find faith in that? Well, as Jim Carrey puts it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it is a no-brainer. There is not a better uh, life story picture of Proverbs 27, 19 than this movie, Dumb and Dumber. And what I'd like us to do this morning, this is kind of like our theme verse. If we could stand up, uh, I'd like for us all to uh, read that verse to yourself once, and then we're going to read it together. And um, let's show honor to God's word this morning. This is our theme verse. Read it to yourself, and then we'll read it together, okay? All right, Proverbs 27, 19. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the friends he chooses. Now, before you sit down, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you are the future me. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are the future me. You are the future me. All right, you may be seated. You may be seated. You are the future me. Now, let's look back at this verse. If we can have it back up on the screen, guys. A mirror reflects a man's face. How many of you agree with that? Mirror? Here, I got one here with me. A mirror reflects a man's face. Now, as I look in this mirror, what, what do I see? I see an old guy that's trying to look very young. Okay, that's what I see. <laughs> a little bit of honesty there. Okay, I see my face. You see your face. When you look in a mirror, it resembles your face. Uh, you see you. You see your physical features. But you can look in that mirror and you can't see your heart. You can look in that mirror and it just reflects the outward appearance. You don't see a person's integrity. You don't see their character. You don't see what the person's really like. How do you see a person's heart? How do you find a person's integrity, their character, what they're really like? What does this verse say? The very end, it says this, by the what? Friends, he chooses. Circle, star, highlight the word chooses. How we see your character, how we see your integrity, how we see the kind of person that you really are is seen in the friends you choose. Your friends are the future you. You are who you associate with. It, it really is that simple. Every day, you're becoming more like them. They are the future you. Now, when I um, talk with people, and often I have just, I love my job, and often it's, it's a very positive job because often you're talking with people who, who realize they need change in their life, and they're coming, and they're asking for help to make change. And, and one of the things you often have to do is first go back and help them realize why they're in the position, why they're in the situation that they're in before you can go forward. And I'm telling you, nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten times, it's always, seems like, the result of a choice they made. 
a choice of a friendship, a choice of a relationship that's got them where they're at, and they want to change. Think about it. Haven't you made some of those choices in life? How many times have you made a a bad relational choice, got involved with someone that you knew they weren't good for you? Maybe it was a dating relationship. Maybe it was a, a business partnership or maybe a life partner, a coworker. Maybe it was a drinking buddy or a fishing buddy or a golfing buddy. Can you think of that? How many of you have had a relationship in the past that you knew that wasn't good for you? Can you raise your hand? Be honest about it. All right, can I ask you a real honest question, real truthful question? While you're in that relationship, was there somebody in your life trying to speak truth in your life? Was there somebody in your life trying to say, I don't think that person's good for you? Was there someone trying to warn you, but you didn't listen to them? I love this next verse. It's our memory verse for this week. I hope you'll take the time and the effort to put it to memory. It's Proverbs 13, 20. Let's, let's read it together in one voice, can we? Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools, like Lloyd and Harry, by the way. All right, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. I love this verse because this verse helps us again to see and understand the heart of God. We have such a false perception of God these days. We think God is out to get us. We think God wants to harm us. God is for us. God wants to bless us. God wants us to live a great life. And because God cares and God loves, God says, listen, you need to walk with the wise. You need to choose better friends. You see, he's a good God that always has your good at heart. And because he wants your life not to end in pieces like it says here, he says, you know what? You need to walk with the wise. And then you become wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. You see, your friends are the future you. We are deeply affected by our friends, and we need to quit being so naive. God is saying when you walk with the wise, they have an influence on your life. You grow, you change. When you follow wise behavior, when you do life with wise people, Now, the wisdom that's talking about here is what you call biblical wisdom. And biblical wisdom is seeing life and responding to life from God's perspective, from God's point of view. And that's why as Christ followers, man, we need to develop the daily discipline of trying to read our Bibles every day. Because as we read the Bible, we get what? We see God's what? God's perspective, God's point of view. We become wise. And that's why the writer of Proverbs is saying, hey, we need to hang out with wise people, people that live their life according to God's wisdom because we will become wiser. We need to choose to do life with people that are on the right path, people who are committed to God's way, people who live with a divine purpose in their step. We will become wise and our lives will work well. You see, the goodness of others seeps into our lives, just like the foolishness of others seeps into our lives. Lloyd and Henry, they ended up right where they started. 
At the beginning of the movie, they were broke, jobless, longing for meaningful relationships. And at the end of the movie, they were broke, jobless, longing for meaningful relationships. No direction, no purpose outside of making a worm farm for their lives. So if walking with the wise and wise friends will make us wise and keep us from destroying our lives, how do we know who to walk with? I mean, if your friends are the future you, how do you pick good friends? How do you keep from picking a friend like Lloyd who goes out with the woman of your dreams, right? You know, I mean, is there, is there anything worse than one of your friends hitting on your spouse and it happens? Anything worse than someone who is a friend of yours who's disloyal to you? King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he gives us this warning in Proverbs chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn there. We're going to dig into this passage this morning. It begins in verse 12, and he says this. Here is a description of a worthless and wicked people. They are constant liars, signaling their true intentions to their friends by making signs with their eyes and their feet and fingers. Their perverted heart plots evil. They stir up trouble constantly, but they will be destroyed suddenly, broken beyond all hope of healing. And I've been there a few occasions, people that are just, they're just so wayward. They're just broken beyond the point of healing. There are six things the Lord, and what's the word there? Hates. Strong words, huh? It says God hates some things. Six things the Lord hates. No, seven things are detestable. And then he tells us, haughty eyes. Seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord among the brothers. So let's look at six character qualities to look for in choosing good friends. Quality number one is humility. Verse seven, he says, God detests Haughty eyes. That's people who kind of have an attitude of superiority, of pride, of arrogance. People who kind of think that they're better than other people because maybe they're smarter than other people or they've had more education than other people or because of their profession or because of maybe their looks or maybe because they're a Christian. I find Christians often, because they discover the truth of who Christ is, all of a sudden they begin to think that they're better than others. And God detests that. Christians of all people ought to be broken. We ought to be grateful. We shouldn't be proud. God says we need to hang out with humble people, people who have a servant heart, people that have a learner's attitude when it comes to life, not a know-it-all. Don't you like hanging out with people who are constantly wanting to learn and grow rather than someone that always has the answers? We need to choose friends that are humble. Now, a second quality to look for in choosing good friends is truthfulness. Something that was truly lacking in Lloyd and Harry's relationship, right? Verse 17 says, God detests a lying tongue. And if you hang out with people that lie, you begin to lie. And if you hang out with people that F-bomb, you begin to F-bomb. And if you hang out with people that use God's name in vain, you begin to use God's name in vain. 
And if you hang out with people who kind of shade the truth, then you begin to shade the truth. Proverbs 12, says, the Lord detests. It's that word again. He hates. What's it say? What does he hate? Lying lips. But he delights. God delights in men and women who are truthful. And a true friend will level with you. He or she will shoot you straight. They'll tell you the truth even when it's painful. Because the truth is, we all have blind spots. The truth is, we can't see ourselves for who and what we are. We're blind to ourselves. And we need friends. We need relationships. We need people in our lives that love us enough, that care for us enough, that they will be truthful. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Truly, a good friend will openly, what's the word? Correct you. That's a good friend. You can trust a friend who corrects you. But kisses from an enemy are nothing but lies. You know, I really believe that this right here is one of the leading reasons why we get kind of stagnant in life as an adult. We kind of like stop growing. Because we don't have relationships. We don't have friendships with people that will speak truth in our life. We pick friends. We choose friends that makes life easy and fun. Kind of like Harry and Lloyd. But they don't challenge us. They don't help us to see our hearts. They don't help us to really see ourselves. And so what happens? We kind of get stuck in life. We become stagnant in life. They just tell us what we want to hear not what we need to hear. A third quality to look for in choosing a good friend is integrity. Verse 17, the last part there says, God detests hands that kill the innocent, verse 18, a heart that plots evil. Solomon is saying, hey, stay clear of dishonest people, people that oppress the weak, people that are insensitive to others. Stay away from deceptive people, people with evil hearts people who are quick to sue, people who are quick to hurt somebody else for their own gain or their own good. Stay clear of those kinds of friends because they could rub off on you or worse yet, they could stick it to you. Proverbs 11.3 says, good people are guided by their what? By their honesty. Treacherous people are destroyed by their dishonesty. Dishonesty always eventually Catches up with you. Proverbs 24, 26 says, Give an honest answer is a sign of a true friendship. Good friends don't keep secrets, even when it's painful. Good friends tell you the truth. They are honest, even when it hurts. So if you want to choose good friends to better your life, you need to choose friends that are humble, truthful, they have integrity, and number four, morality. It says in verse 18 that God detests feats that feats. Have you heard of feats before? Feet. Some of you are listening. The rest of you, I've lost you already. There's no such thing as feats, by the way, okay? It's foot and feet, okay. All right. Feet that race, feet that run to do, what's the word? Wrong. Immoral people that quickly run towards immorality. We need to stay clear of those kind of people. If you got some friends, you got some coworkers, you got some relationships, and, and man, there's a pattern of deceitfulness in their life, stay clear of them. If they can't say no to things that you know that are wrong, don't become close friends with them. 
Back when I was a teenager, I put to memory this verse. It's one of my favorite verses when I was a teenager. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, and I memorized it from the New American Standard Bible. Let's, let's read it together, can we? That means out loud. All right, you ready? Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. All right, anybody here in their teens and 20s, why don't you read that verse? All right, let's read it again, can you? And, I, and I'll join you because I'm really that age and you're being deceived. All right, let's read it together. You ready? All, all those young bucks and gals in here. All right, let's read it together. Do not be deceived. All right, very good. Do you know what the Apostle Paul is saying here? He's saying your friends are the future you. Don't be deceived. Your friends are the future you. Don't be deceived. You're becoming more and more like your friends every day. And we read this verse, especially when we're in our teens, and we think, ah, that's not true. I'm an exception to this. I'm strong. You know, I like to think I'm an exception. I mean, I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for many, many years. Some would say hundreds of years, you know. Um, I'm centered. Man, I love my wife. We're getting ready to celebrate next Sunday 34 years of marital bliss. Now I'm being a little deceptive, okay? Um, 34 years. You know, I, I can hang out with an immoral woman. I can go to lunch with an immoral woman. I'm going to try to save her, right? I'm going to try to build a bridge. I can get close to an immoral woman. I, you know, it, it won't affect me. It won't bother me. What are the first words of that verse again? Do not what? Don't be deceived. I'm no exception to the rule. You are no exception to the rule. I can't hang out and develop close relationships with wrong people, and neither can you, or you and I will get in trouble. You see, it's always easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up. How many of you believe that statement? It's the truth. Come on, how many really believe it? Only half of you believe it. Okay, let me demonstrate it this way for you. Christopher, you be nice enough to help me, buddy. Now, I'm 6'5", 215, maybe 220 pounds. I need to work on that a little bit. Um, and Chris is 5'10", 5'9", maybe 9 1⁄2". <laughs> how many pounds? About 160? 183. 183. He's got. He weighed himself this morning. So I'm 6'5", 220. He's a 5'9". He is small compared to me, right? I mean, I'm stronger. I'm bigger. He might be better looking, but I'm stronger. I'm bigger than Chris. Do you agree? Now, Chris, stand right here. Do you think it's easier for me to pull Chris up here, or is it easier for Chris to pull me down there? All right, come on, buddy. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, buddy. Ah! Gosh, okay, I was just joking. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Almost broke my leg. And I wasn't trying to compare you to the immoral woman, by the way. Uh, yes. Um, it's always easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. And too often in relationships, we deceive ourselves. We're involved in a relationship that needs to end. 
and we deceive ourselves into believing that we're going to pull them up. But what ends up happening? They pull us down. Don't be deceived. Choose your friends carefully. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good people, corrupts good morals. So we need to choose friends that are humble, friends that are truthful, friends that are honest, friends that are moral. And number five is confidentiality. God detests, it says, a false witness who pours out lies. Somebody who's quick to pass on false information, damaging information about you. Do you have a friend like that? God says, listen, just just don't hang out with people like that. People that are kind of like, they seem like they're just preoccupied with other people's stuff and business, always talking about other people. Proverbs 11.3 says, a gossip tells everything, but a true friend will keep a secret. Can you keep a secret? Let me tell you one. The other day, uh, <laughs> me, John, and Chris were out fishing, and, and, we, and we were having a great day. Matter of fact, we were catching some fish. And it's always a great day when you fish because it, they call it fishing because, you know, you don't, you're, you don't catch fish. But we were fishing and we were catching. We were catching fish. And then Chris, being the, the therapist one in our group, he said, listen, guys, while we're out here and just having some great time, why don't we kind of share, you know, what's the greatest struggle going on in our lives right now? And I said, all right, Chris, well, you go first. You want to share? Go right ahead, Chris. You share. So Chris says, you know, my, my problem, the thing I really struggle with is, is, is greed. It's money. You know, I have this love, this lust for more money. I'm just tired of being poor. I want a new Mercedes, you know. And then John spoke up and said, you know, my problem is pride. You know, I just love singing and worship. And, you know, I've got this talent. and I'm like a rock star, you know. And, and I just struggle with pride. And then I just started smiling and looking at them. And they said, you know, guys, you know what I struggle with? I struggle with gossip. And I just can't wait to get back and tell the church about this. <laughs> We need to choose friends who keeps secrets, who keeps confidentiality. Hopefully you realize that was just a story, okay? Number six, sixth quality is loyalty. It says God detests. God hates a person who sows, what's the word? Discord among brothers. Do you know someone like that? Someone who's always stirring up the pot, Always stirring up the pot of of conflict. Someone who's always stirring up a pot of drama. They're a drama king or a drama queen. They just sow discord among the brothers, among the sisters. We don't want to hang out with those kind of people. We shouldn't tolerate, the Bible says, those kind of people. God calls those kind of people wicked, perverse, evil people because of the damage they can do to your marriage to your job, your vocation, to your church, to your life. Proverbs 18.24 says, Some friendships don't last, but some friendships are more loyal than brothers. I've got a brother. I've got a brother and sister, my brother Jeff. Man, we're friends. We'll be friends forever. It's a loyal friendship. And 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 the the writer of uh, Proverbs here, I'm not sure if it's Solomon, but he's trying to say that we need to have friendships like that, that you're loyal. Those are the best kind of friends. Kind of like David and Jonathan, they had each other's back. Kind of like Paul and Barnabas, they were encouraging each other like Jesus to his disciples, even though they were disloyal to him. He was always loyal to them. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend is always, what's the word? Always loyal. And a brother 
is born to help in times of need. A loyal friend walks in when everybody else walks out. They sit by your side through the thick and the thin. You know, please get this. Beyond your immediate family, this is so true, friends will add more joy, more insight, more wisdom, more safety, more counsel, more general fulfillment than any achievement you attain, than any possession you acquire, than any position you rise to. Life loses about half its meaning if you're not walking with good friends, if you're not walking with the wise. Walk with wise friends. So I ask you this morning, are you getting dumber? Or are you getting smarter? Are your friends pulling you down? Or are they pulling you up? I'd like to ask you this week, and I'd really encourage you, to, if all possible, to do it today because you're more likely to do it if you do it today. On that message outline sheet, there's what's called a, a friendship inventory. And I'd like to ask you to take a friendship inventory. It won't take you that long. I want you to identify five key friends, key relationships in your life, five of them, five of the most significant that are close to you, that have contact with you. And then I want you to grade them on a scale of zero to five. I want you to look at those six character qualities that Proverbs talks about and grade your friend. Like Chris is one of my friends. And on the, on the area, the first one was humility. So on a scale of zero to five, what would I give Chris? One, two, no, five. All right? You know, in the area of truthfulness and honesty, morality, I, I give them a grade under each of those characters. Then I add up their total and I divide it by six. And I get their average score. And then you do the same for all five of your friends. And then you get your combined average score. And that, my friends, is the future you. You are the average of your friends. And they're either pulling you down or pulling you up. And the painful truth is, if you want to grow, if you want more fruit, if you want more favor, if you want a better life, a life that makes sense, some of you this week need to make the very hard and difficult and painful decision to bring some relationships to an end. You need what they call a, a necessary ending to help you to pick better friends because they are the future you. And the only way you can change the future you is by choosing better friends. What's that verse say again? A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the friends he chooses. That's the future you. Now, there was a, there was a, a critical point uh, in the movie where Lloyd wanted to change. Let's watch that critical point. You know what I'm sick and tired of, Harry? I'm sick and tired of having to eke my way through life. Sick and tired of being a nobody. But most of all, I'm sick. 
sick and tired of having nobody. Lloyd wanted to change. But he never changed because he wasn't willing to change his friends. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the friends he chooses. This morning, choose to bring some friends into your life that will help you walk with the wise. You know, some of you this morning, you really need to choose and set apart the time to get into a growth group, to meet some other people that really love God and they want to serve God and they want to better their lives. They want to be better fathers and better mothers and better spouses. They want to raise better kids. Some of you need to choose this morning to prioritize relationships because that's how you grow and that's how you change because they are the future you. So I challenge you this morning, don't be like Lloyd. Don't just talk about change. You got to choose different friends if you want to change, if you want to grow. Can we bow our heads in prayer? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, some of you right now might be thinking when we talk about taking that friendship inventory, you begin to think, man, I really don't have an honest, truthful, humble, moral, confident, loyal friend. And I want to say to you, God wants to be that friend. Solomon said that there's a friend who sticks closer than any brother. He's referring to his divine friendship with God. God knows that earthly friends, they come and go. But Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He wants to be that friend in your life. And God has extended his hand of of friendship to us through the death of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And he died so that we could become the friends of God. And maybe right now you need to put your faith in him. You need to put your trust in him. Maybe right now you need to pray and say, God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I put my faith in him. Come into my life. Change me. I want you to be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Others of us this morning, we need to pray and say, God, help me to surround myself with better friends. Can you pray that right now? God, help me me to surround myself with better friends. Help me to walk with the wise. Help me to choose better friends. And right now this morning, some of you, you have some relationships going on in your life that you know that are harmful and damaging to you, and you need a necessary ending. You like being around them. They make you laugh, but they're pulling you down. They're not pulling you up. Can you pray this morning and say, God, help me. Help me to have the courage to bring about necessary endings so that I can walk with the wise. God, we thank you so much this morning that you are for us, that you are for us, and you want us to succeed You want us to make life work. 
And I just pray this morning that we will choose you and that we will choose great friends. We, we thank you for a church that's just full of people that have the same heart. God, help us to choose better friends and help us to invest the time in each other. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.